Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for July 11th is Amos, chapters 1 through 5. Have you ever gotten the wrong impression when you maybe walked in on two people arguing or maybe you walked into a room and and one person had raised their voice and they were saying things and they came across so emotional that it was almost as if they were a little crazy like perhaps This person was a little over the edge, over the top. And not knowing anything of the context of the conversation that had been taking place, just walking in, hearing one person with their voice raised, speaking loudly, saying perhaps unkind things or what might even appear to be un or irrational things. You could leave that room and have such a negative perspective of the person you heard. But had you been there, had you been a fly on the wall or had you been there for the entire conversation, perhaps that person was maligned. Perhaps that person had been stolen from or mocked publicly or embarrassed or set up for failure or trapped or fill in the blank. What if you found out that that person who was coming across as irrationally irate on that day when you walked in and overcame or overheard part of that conversation, perhaps that person was rebuking somebody who had stolen from them or had otherwise harmed them in a very real way. Maybe they were correcting someone who had abused one of their children and was saying, I am going to file a police report. You need to turn yourself in. Having the full story always shifts our perspective. And if we go into this book, this book written by Amos, right around 760 to 762 or so BC, and we don't have an understanding of the context of what was taking place historically during that time, we will have a very negative and incomplete and erroneous view of who God is and why he's saying the things he is. We have to look at all scripture in the Bible in the context of which it was written. And as we've been reading through 2 Chronicles and 2 Kings and hearing from the prophet Isaiah and this prophet Amos, and Jeremiah that we will be reading, and all of the others, they're saying the same things from slightly different perspectives to different peoples, but certainly people related in time and related 
in their bloodline being the Jewish people or the Hebrew people. So it's harsh. It can come across as very harsh. And it can be cringe-worthy. It can make you just want to skim through it just to get through it and not understand the crux. But if you take the time to listen, God's heart is breaking. His heart is breaking as he's saying these things to these people. He begins with Yahweh roars from Zion and makes his voice heard from Jerusalem. This is two years before he sends a massive earthquake that demolishes entire towns. Chapter 1, pronouncing judgment on the neighbors, the wicked peoples all around Israel, the promised land. Chapter 2 continues that into Moab. And then God turns to judgment on Judah, the southern kingdom. And says in verse 5, Therefore I will send fire against Judah, and it will consume the citadels of Jerusalem. That word fire, if you look it up in, in the Bible dictionary, I use the one on BibleHub.com, it says a conflagration fire. It's like a massive forest fire that consumes everything. It starts potentially to burn off the brambles and the briars and the, the weeds and the thickets that are crowding out the forest. But it gets so large so quick and burns so hot that everything is at risk. It's an all-consuming fire. The word citadel there in verse 5 refers to the fortified buildings or towers, the palaces, the high places, the places where people build for themselves and put trust in themselves and in their own belongings. In verse 6, he turns to judgment on Israel the northern kingdom, still God's chosen people. In chapter 3, second part of verse 6, if a disaster occurs in a city, hasn't Yahweh done it? Indeed, the Lord Yahweh does nothing without revealing his counsel to his servants, the prophets. We see that phrase, the Lord Yahweh. Many of our Bibles are going to say the Lord, capital L, lowercase o-r-d, and then all caps God, capital G-o-d. And we see that throughout this book, the Lord Yahweh, the Lord being a title, Yahweh being his name. He does not just punish people without warning them, without pleading with them, without begging them to return. In chapter 4, verse 6, I gave you absolutely nothing to eat, a shortage of food, yet you did not return to me. In other words, I allowed this, I, I put this on you, this discomfort, 
the suffering in hopes that you would turn to me and say, God, why? Don't we do that when things don't go our way? God, why'd you let that happen? God, why'd you, why'd you? And God is, he wants us to turn to him with the right heart. Verse seven, I withheld the rain, yet you did not return to me. I struck you with blight and mildew, the locust, yet you did not return to me. I sent plagues like those of Egypt. I killed your young men with a sword, like as if in battle. Yet you did not return to me. Verse 11, I overthrew some of you like I did Sodom and Gomorrah, yet you did not return to me. So in verse 12, Israel, prepare to meet your God. Verse, chapter five, verse four, for Yahweh says to the house of Israel, seek me and live. Can you hear him pleading? Seek me and live. And in verse 18, woe to you who long for the day of Yahweh. What will the day of Yahweh be for you? Not what you think. Reminds me of the Christians today who are not really engaged in attempting to change the culture. And they've bought into the lie that things are going to get worse and worse on this earth. And all we have to do is hide in our basements and wait for Jesus to return. But friends, God is looking for us to raise up, to rise up and partner with him to bring righteousness back to the land, to sacrifice our lives if we must, but to partner with him to change this world, to advance his kingdom. How? By love for him and love for people. Let us partner with him, friends. God bless you as you seek him. We'll see you tomorrow.